0: Well, we're so happy to have each and every one of you here with us today. Um, It doesn't matter if it's your first time here, your 50th time here, your 100th time here, welcome home. We're so happy to have you. Um, And and really, you guys coming here, you bless us by coming to worship with us. So I'm so happy to be here with each and every one of you today Um, as we enter uh, part two of our Better Together series. Pastor Nathan delivered a wonderful message last week titled, Introduce Jesus. And uh, I wasn't here this past week, but I got the chance to go back and listen to it because we have an awesome media team, tech arts team that records everything and they put us out on Facebook, they put us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play. And so if you didn't get a chance, if you didn't hear that message in person last week, I wanna highly, highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. I did and there was some really, really great stuff. Stuff in there that Pastor Nathan uh, talked about. And so it was really good. Um, you know, I'm truly excited for this message series, Better Together. Um, You know, I'm truly passionate about what we do do here at Thrive, and each week of this message series is based off one of the fundamental uh, things that we have as part of our mission statement here. So I want to share that with you guys today, the Thrive Community Church mission statement. Uh, Number one, we introduce Jesus. That's what Pastor Nathan talked about last weekend. And then we also, uh, as part of our journey, we help find freedom, connect people to purpose, and make a difference. And you know, I love our mission statement because it's not something that we just threw together because we thought it sounded good. It's a literal journey that you go on. and it's our responsibility as um, or privilege really, as the teachers and leaders of this church to help guide you to this and through it. And just as the name of our church suggests Thrive Community Church, We do everything in community here with one another. So we introduce Jesus in community. We find freedom together in community. And then we connect you to purpose and help you see how you can make a difference in community with one another. Um, so today I have the awesome privilege of bringing the message today. Pastor Nathan is out getting some rest, uh, much needed rest, much needed vacation with family, just as I did the previous week. And I, I want to share with you guys today, because I was having just a candid conversation with someone earlier about rest. And I just want to remind you all today, rest is holy. You know, God showed us in creation when he created all the heavens, all of the earth, he spent six days doing that. But then on the seventh day, what did he do? he rested. And so he showed us with his actions that we need rest. If God needs rest, we need rest. So I want to say to you all today, like if you're not getting rest, just stop everything that you're doing and figure out how, because it's holy and you need it and your body needs it and your spirit needs it. If you're not resting and filling yourself up, you're trying to work out of an empty tank and it just doesn't it doesn't work that way. God rested and so we rest too. Um, so as Pastor Nathan taught us last week, we, uh, we have to meet Jesus and get to know him. That's the first step in our mission statements, introduce Jesus. But after we're introduced to Jesus, uh, what comes next? Before we go there, I want to talk today because it's such a good weekend for us. This week is the launch of our fall semester of Thrive Tribes. Like, woo! Yes. I'm so excited about this. And this, this semester we have more leaders and more groups that have risen up to lead small groups than we ever have in the history of Thrive Community Church. That's huge. That's huge because we have people who are on this journey of our mission statement. They've been introduced to Jesus. They have found freedom. Now they've been connected to their purpose, and they're making a difference in the lives of others by leading small groups, Thrive Tribes. So it's so exciting. It's so exciting. So Pastor Nathan talked to us about introducing Jesus. And so now we're on our way to part two of our mission statement, uh, which is find freedom. Who in here doesn't want freedom? I want freedom. You know, uh, two weeks ago we had our whole freedom seminar. Who who all had the opportunity in here to attend that? Wasn't, Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that great? So part two today is find freedom. Everybody needs freedom. Everybody needs freedom. I need more freedom. You need more freedom. Your family needs more freedom. I feel like Oprah up here, like, you need freedom, and you need freedom, and you need freedom. (laughs) Everybody needs freedom, but but seriously, everybody needs freedom. But what does everybody need once they find freedom? More freedom. More freedom. Uh, And so today, you know, as I was preparing this message, I just watched and looked at how God has set this particular message up, this message series up, to perfectly align with the Thrive Tribe launch. And I make this a point because when it comes to finding freedom, you can choose to try to do it alone, but that's not how God intended us to do it. He didn't intend you to do it alone. By just putting us out to do it all by ourselves isn't the way that God intended it. He showed us that in the garden. In the garden, man was alone. And what did he do? He gave Eve to Adam. When Jesus came on the earth, he did everything in groups. He had his disciples, and then his disciples went out, and they made disciples of others, and they did life together. They did life together. So I, I just I think that it's amazing that God has set this message up about finding freedom on the same week that we have Thrive Tribe launches. He's speaking to us today, guys. And if you're listening, you'll hear him say to the importance of community. So today we're going to talk about finding freedom. And what I want to do is I want to give you three key areas of your life that affect your ability to find true freedom. There's a lot of them, but these three points today that I want to talk to you about are huge. Before uh, I dive in, though, I just want to just invite the presence in. Um, So if you guys will pray with me. Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for this day. We thank you that for each person that you've brought in here today, Lord, and that you give us the freedom just to come in and worship, Lord, just come in and be together as part of a community as you intended us to be, God's people doing life together, Lord. I pray that everything that we do today, Lord, it just honors your name and blesses you, Lord. And as we continue out, Lord, just bless our coming in and our going out as we leave today from this message empowered and ready to just live out our lives the way that you intended us to. And I ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's three key areas to finding freedom. Number one, it's relationships. This is one of my favorite points of this message probably. But so I heard it said to me once, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And so I say to all of you today, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You know, studies have revealed that you are the average of the 5 to 10 people that you associate yourself with. Think about that for a minute, that you are the average of the 5 to 10 people that you hang out with. You're the average. Pastor Nathan told me one time, he said, Lacey, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in trouble. And I believe that to my core. And so why, why do I believe that? Well, it's a matter of Influence. It's a matter of influence. And influence is a powerful, powerful thing when it's used correctly. But the problem with influence is this, and it's that we all think we can withstand influence, but we can't. I want you guys to look at something with me today. I was preparing this message, and Proverbs 13.20 was coming to my heart. And so I just spent some time meditating on this, and I want to show something to you all. So Proverbs 13:22 in the Passion Translation it says if you want to grow in wisdom spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. That's the Passion Translation. The same verse Proverbs 13:20 in the New Living Translation says walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. That's the New Living Translation. The Good News Translation says Keep company with the wise and you will become wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you will be ruined. (laughs) The Message Bible says it even better. It says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Guys, this is four different translations of the exact same scripture. And they all say the same thing is you can't withstand influence. If you walk with the wicked, you'll become just like them. If you associate with fools, you're going to get in trouble. If you make friends with stupid people, you'll be ruined. And if you hang out with fools, then just watch your life fall to, in, to, to pieces. We can't withstand influence. We can't do it. So I just want to give a little testimony to you, da- to you all today. Uh, and some people may not believe it. <laughs> But not all that long ago, my sphere of influence, it consisted of mainly three things, okay? It was my husband, my co-workers, and whoever I wound up seated next to at the bar. True story. And I'm not even ashamed to say that because God has delivered me and my family from that place and has taken us from a different glory to a new glory. And so I share that with you because... You know, what what we had going on with that, the people I was seated next to at the bar, you want to know who they were? My husband (laughs) and my coworkers. And so that was my entire sphere of influence. And as a result, my husband and I, we were both lost. We were so lost. We were bored. We were complacent. We were lost. But yet we didn't even know it. Why? Because of our sphere of influence. We didn't have anybody steering us in another direction. Nobody. Nobody. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? So when we, uh, we began to receive revelation on where we were in life, and so we underwent a radical transformation. And I mean radical. Radical. We started attending church. But not too long after that, we committed to being involved in church. There's a big difference in just attending and being committed. We began serving. We got connected to our purpose. We began serving. And then we just sat back and watched God work in our lives. In the same year that we did this, so many different things happened. One of the things, we were blessed with a business, literally blessed with a business. Our finances got better. Our family began to thrive because we were putting what really mattered in the center of our family. We began to thrive. And I don't say that as a pun because you're here and thrive, but we literally, truly, began to thrive in the kingdom and how God intended for things to happen. You know, and I I don't say these things to brag. uh, Really, I say this with a humble spirit to testify to the glory, the power that happens when you take godly people, godly influences, and put them in your life. Things change. You know, my husband, the very person who sat next to me, took me to some of those bars this time. He spent the latter part of his week last week fighting with the school district to bring prayer back into schools. And these are things, guys, these are things that only God can do, but we had to remove ourselves from the influence that we had and find good, godly influence so that God could change us. I want to challenge you this week, okay? I know it's early in the morning for challenges, but bear with me. So I want to challenge you this, this week. I want you to go home and make two lists. On the first list, I want you to make a list of all of your goals, your intermediate goals, your short-term goals, your long-term goals, and I'm talking business, family, uh, personal, anything, all of your goals. Make a list of your goals. And then on the other list, I want you to make a list of who you talk to from midnight tonight until midnight on Saturday, okay, okay? This is going to be anybody you talked, texted, tweeted, Facebook, Instagram, whoever you came in contact with this, this week, put them on this list, okay? Two list. Now, you get to the end of next week. What I want you to do is go down these lists, and on the list of the people that you came in contact with, put a star next to anybody's name who has anything at all to do with the list of your goals that you made. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. So when you cultivate who's around you, you cultivate who you are. What are some places you can find godly influence? Well, number one, church. Church people aren't perfect, but we're here for a reason. Because we see a greater calling. We see something greater than what we're going through in life right then. And people, probably someone that you're sitting next to right now, have been through something, and they're seeking the same thing that you are, they're going to give you godly influence. Another place you can do that is in teams or small groups. You know, this morning I came in, and I was uh, helping the worship team get prepared, and we had a little pre-service huddle. That, that's a team right there. That small group, that, that worship team is a small group. It's a small group of people we meet every week, and we've developed a trust with one another. We've developed a place where we can have a safe zone. Those people give me godly influence in my life. And then, also, where can you find godly influence? With God. With God. If you press in, get involved with him, get involved with his word, and let him begin to speak to you, he'll show you his influence. He'll teach it to you. So, surrounding ourselves with the right right people is one of the most important steps in our spiritual journeys. But you have to do it with, number two, it's Transparency. So God is a God of order, okay? He he is a God of systems. He's a God of order. Like, look at the human body, okay? He literally created us using systems, okay? We've got a circulatory system, a digestive system, an endocrine system, muscular, nervous, urinary systems. All of these systems he created, he put inside of us. So they work together, functioning together to keep our bodies going the way God intended them to. So I want you to look at the definition of the word system. Number one, it says a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. Number two, it says a regularly interacting or interdependent, meaning it must work together, group of items forming a unified whole. So there's three main points I want you guys to look at on this definition. Um, Number one, okay, a system, it works together. It's regularly interacting. And number three, those things working together to create a unified whole. Does that word whole sound familiar to anybody? Whole? Freedom? Wow. So God is a God of systems and order. And did you know that He gave us a system for finding freedom? He did. And it's a simple process, but we tend to overcomplicate it as humans. And I'll show you why after I show you the system. So the system-defining freedom that God gave us, he gave us this design. And it's two steps, okay? Number one, confess to God. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, But if we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our wrongdoing. Number one, confess to God. Okay? Number two, Confess to others. James 5, 6 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So what's the big picture here in this system? What's God trying to show us with this? Is Number one, we go to God for forgiveness. He's given us forgiveness. He gave us his son for that. Whatever we ask in Jesus' name, it is forgiven. It's gone. It's done. But then we go to God's people for healing. Confess your sins one to another so that you can pray for one another and be healed. Go to God for forgiveness. You go to God's people for healing. This is good stuff, y'all. Anybody Is anybody having re- revelation on this right now? Because I am. Confess your sins to God. Confess your sins to, to other people. But why do we struggle with that? We struggle with that. So I need everyone's participation right here for a minute, Okay. I want you guys to raise your hand. Say, if I gave you two instructions to follow right now, and don't go doing like my husband did, well, what are, what are the questions? What are the, what are the steps? Like, don't, don't analyze it. So if I gave you a list of instructions, okay, that only had two steps, do you raise your hand if you think that you can follow two steps. Just raise your hand. Okay, now everybody put your hands down. Now, again, <laughs> raise your hand if you've recently talked to God about something that was burdening you. If you feel comfortable, raise your hand. Okay, now hands down. Now, raise your hand if you've recently talked to another person about something that's burdening you. Quite a few, but not as many as the last one, right? Why do we struggle with going to others with our junk? Why do we struggle going to another person face-to-face and saying, look, this is what I'm dealing with right now? What started in the garden? The moment that... That Adam and Eve took of that apple. Shame, blame, lies, deceit, all of those things entered into us. And we carry that with us today because their sinful nature was activated in us. They tried to hide from God. They asked, you know, when he asked them, well, who ate the apple? Nobody wanted to to tell. They didn't want to tell him that. They, They lacked the transparency that they needed. Because their sinful nature had been activated. Freedom, the stuff that you used to do that you don't do anymore, happens because of God's system. We confess to God and then we go to his people and confess, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I did. Can you pray for me so that I can be healed? Because that's what God's word says to do. But most of us need some help with transparency. Okay, I'm a visual person. I, I have to see things sometimes for me to truly understand it today. So I want to equip you guys this morning with a little tool uh, that's called the Johari Window. I want to give you some facts about it first, okay? So number one, that obviously this is just a tool, okay? But it's the Johari Window. It was developed by psychologists Joseph Luft and Harry Ingram. Joseph, Harry... Joe Harry window <laughs> in the mid-1950s. It's a useful tool for self-understanding, awareness, and personal growth. Its main purpose is to help us bring clarity to understanding ourselves and in building relationships with others. And because of the nature of the information shared in the process, it works best in a high trust environment. Well, I know, good thing I know a high trust environment. I'm gonna go sign up for a Thrive Tribe today. So the Johari window, okay, there's four panes on the window, each of them designed to help you better understand yourself and how you interact with others. Okay, so let's see here. All right, this top pane right here, See, you've got open, blind spot, hidden, and unknown. So let me break this down for you guys. The top left pane of this window, okay, we're looking at our lives as if we're looking through a window, okay? Top left is our open window, This pain, it's also uh, referred to as the arena. Well, why? It's because this is what everybody sees, okay? This is what everybody sees. It's the stuff that you know, and you want everybody else to know about you too. Uh, It's green for a reason. Everything in this box is here because it's been given a green light. You want the world to see what's in there. You know it, you want it, and you're ready to share it. It's green. It's open, these are your, your social media highlights, okay? Your vacations that you put out there, your promotions, your new house, your new car, your smiling face that you put on with work, at work, okay? Nothing, nothing's wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with this window, but you don't want to live out of this box, okay? You don't want to live out of this box, allowing this area to be the only dimension of your life that others ever see. This is a false sense of transparency, you think you're putting everything out there, but you're only putting out what you want people to see, so it's a false sense of transparency. The bottom left pane of this uh, window, it's the hidden quadrant. It's hidden. This is what you keep to yourself. You know it, but nobody else does. These are your secrets. These are your sins, your past that you buried. And you know what's unique about this pain, and this might give you revelation, this pain, the hidden pain, it reveals the tension between the way others see you and the way that you think they see you because of what you know but they don't. You know, this pain of the window, it, to me, it, it's like a mask or a facade You know, you put a mask on because that's what you want people to see. see, Or you build this facade where everything looks nice on the inside or on the outside. But what about what's going on on the inside? Not too long ago here in town, they did um, a restoration of a facade of an old shopping center. It's been there since I was a kid. Okay, probably four or five years old. I remember that building being there. Uh, it was old, beat up. It looked like it did in 1990. And they came in. They, they restored the whole outside of everything. They put new paint. They, they refurbished, reconditioned everything. And it, it looks really nice. But, you know, there's a grocery store in that very same shopping center. That You go inside that grocery store, and you know what happens? It looks really great on the inside. But you can still find the same old brand of bread in the same all three and nothing ever moved or changed on the inside it's a front and that's what happens with this hidden pain this hidden pain in our lives you know so many people never find freedom because they're committed to concealing the truth we got to take our mask off and we have to address what's going on on the inside our facade is just a front. Our mask is just a front. Let me just tell you, you want a place where you can go and take your mask off? Go get in the Thrive Tribe because your mask will come off. You may not think that it will. You may not want it to sitting here right now. But you go and you register and you commit and you get in a place where you're with godly people who have godly influence on you, and that mask is going to fall off. It's going to fall off. If we want deeper, life-changing relationships with others, then transparency and honesty are essential. We have to be real and transparent with each other, and we have to let each other's in. We have to let each other's in. Why? Because it'll benefit us when it comes to that third pain that's up there. In the top right corner, it's our blind spot. Well, everybody knows what a blind spot is, right? When you're driving down the road and you're driving and you can't see the person behind you, but they can see you, your blind spot. Anybody ever had food in their teeth? <laughs> like, everybody saw it, but you didn't see it until you get home. Like, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> That's your blind spot. It's the things that people see about you that you don't see. This can be, you know, your traits, your character, your tendencies, your personality. Other people see that, all right. That's your blind spot. I'm going to give you an example. So, say somebody were to say to you, like, "Sarah, you have a green tail." I'm like, well, I'm personally, say you crazy. <laughs> Like, you're crazy. I don't have a green tail. I'm going to go pray for you. (laughs) If two people say that you have a green tail, well, it's a conspiracy. Like, oh, you guys got jokes. Like, whatever. I don't have a green tail. But if seven people come to you and say, Pastor Lacey, you got a green tail. Like, what? You're going to turn around and look, right? It doesn't mean that they're correct. But it probably is a good indicator that there's something in your life going on that is there, and you may need to take a deeper look at it, okay? So to overcome our limitations and weaknesses, we all need trustworthy people willing to tell you what they see and that you cannot. We can't see our own blind spots. That's why we can't be the only set of eyes we have for perspective. You know, it may sting a little bit, but you have to remind yourself that the purpose of this and the purpose of them telling you this is to help you and not to hurt you. We have to let people in so that we build and establish the trust that is needed for us to have on- honest conversations with one another so that we can grow and learn from one another. Proverbs 27.6, it says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted. So we need somebody to show us what our blind spots are. We have to be transparent about our blind spots when confronted about them too. Now, the very last pane of this window in the bottom, it's the unknown pane, and it's black because this is the window that nobody knows. You don't know it. I don't know it. Nobody in here knows it. Only God knows it. You know what? He knows all things. He knows all things. These are the things that God wants to reveal to us through intimacy with him. I want to challenge you again. Go get intimate with others here on earth and watch your intimacy with God grow. So it takes all of these panes, all of these window panes, every quadrant that's up here, for us to be able to see things the way that God sees them, with transparency and trust with people around us. And when you unlock that fourth pain, you're well on your way to finding freedom. So take the next step in finding freedom and invest extra time and attention into relationships with others who share your values, who love you, and who love God. Use this tool to help you see what you need to work on. But again, going back to transparency we struggle with that we struggle with that but you know who doesn't <laughs> and it's number it's it's the next part it's really a missing link that some of us have that some of us have never heard of before but we'll teach you and show you how to be transparent with others it's number 3 and that's the holy spirit So, you know, in honesty, I know this is a powerful section of this message because I had a hard time writing it. There's a lot of warfare surrounding it. But the Holy Spirit is something that, um, just speaking from my own personal experience, I was never taught about the Holy Spirit until I came to Thrive. And I'm so glad that I did because my life has changed since I received the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, My family was strict Southern Baptists, okay? So the Holy Spirit was not something that we ever talked about. And I always found that ironic because, you know, even as a kid, I, you know, I, I did not grow up in church, but I knew God, I knew Jesus, and I knew the Bible. And all throughout the Bible, there's references, and it's the Holy Spirit is all over the Bible, it's all over the Bible, and so I always found that strange. Like, why, why are we, you know, we're we're Baptists, but I don't. Why, why don't we talk about the Holy Spirit? It's in the Bible, and you know, I was pondering that question one day, and it was as if like the Holy Spirit answered that question for me. You know, very clearly, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, "Well, your answer to that question that you're pondering is part of the question that you're you're asking." You know, you see what happens is. Different religions have taken what it says in the Bible and they add all these rules and practices and and all these things that you do to make it how they think that it should be. But the Word of God is living and breathing and true and it very clearly tells us in the Bible about the Holy Spirit. And it very clearly tells us that there are three baptisms that occur. What? Three? Like I thought there was just one. Well, if you look at the actual meaning of the word baptism, it literally means immersion. And there are three immersions that take place in the Bible. Most of us are aware of the first two, but I want to talk about all three of them just real quick. So number one is the baptism of salvation. This is what confirms that our sins have been forgiven and that our home is in heaven. You are immersed into the body of Christ. You become a child of God. You are immersed into the body of Christ in your salvation moment. You are immersed. You are baptized into the body of Christ. The second one, baptism by water. Okay, that's the one we all think when we hear baptism, right? Like we're baptized. This is just your public declaration of our new identity as children of God and followers of Jesus. You are physically immersed. You are physically baptized by water. So then... After your baptism by water is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This baptism, this immersion, provides us with the spiritual power to minister to and serve others here on earth. You are immersed. You are baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. So the three baptisms, the three immersions are salvation, water, and Holy Spirit. And it tells us in Scripture, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. You know, there's debate on this, and it can be debated, but it says clearly, on earth, there are three that bear witness, Spirit, water, blood. Salvation, water, Holy Spirit. You know what happened with me whenever I was growing up and it came to the Holy Spirit? I was confused. I was misled. I was scared, really, because of misconceptions that I had been told or that I developed based off of misinformation. You know, the misconception I had, and I know others that still have it, is like once you get saved and you've been baptized, like, okay, you've arrived. It's like you just tell Jesus, like, all right, thanks, bro. I'll see you in heaven. Like, (laughs) you know. But with the Holy Spirit, that is where your journey begins. That's where your journey begins. Receiving the Holy Spirit, man, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. Like, just watch it burn. Like it's gonna, There's just this explosion. All of a sudden, you become empowered, and you're, you're reactive, and all of a sudden, you begin to operate outside of your normal comfort zone. You begin to be able to do things that you never would have thought or ever even dreamed that you would see yourself doing because you're not being led by yourself anymore. You're not being led by that soul. You're not being led by your thoughts. You're being led by the Holy Spirit. You operate out of your own comfort zone. Fear and timidity, like these things have no place, no power, no anything over the power of the Holy Spirit. Like right now, for example, like everything inside of me should be tell, like tells me, like, you should be terrified right now to be on that platform speaking to God's people. And you know what? Maybe I am. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit told me to move. And when the Holy Spirit tells you to move, you don't just sit there at that red light waiting for the person behind you to honk. Like, you you go. Like, you gas it. You go, and you don't even look back. You yield to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to guide you through life. And it makes all the difference in how you live your life and how you are connected to finding freedom. The Holy Spirit. You know, if you're going to find freedom and, you know, you're going to have to watch your relationships. You have to be transparent with him and you have to allow yourself to fully yield to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say things to you today. So, number one, if you don't have the Holy Spirit um, and you're ready for some real freedom and empowerment, ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's all you have to do. Come see us after service. Go home, you know, get in the Bible. Ask God to show you and ask him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And he's faithful to deliver. You know, come see us after service. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to provide more details to you. Maybe just hearing this right now, maybe you're just hearing it for the first time. And maybe like me, you were kind of confused or wondering what this thing is. And you don't want to be one of those crazy people. Like, (laughs) it's not like that you know, ask and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you through life. And I say to you, if you have already received the Holy Spirit, practice dying. Yeah, practice dying, dying to yourself, crucifying the flesh so that you can live your life fully surrendered and fully yielded to the power of the Holy Spirit. There are so many things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you for the sake of the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit its what's going to connect you to truly finding freedom and living out true freedom by seeking out Godly relationships, living in transparency, the Holy Spirit. So either way, you have a decision to make today. And again, I've talked about small groups. I've talked about Thrive Tribes. And I just can't help but to bring them up again because they are just that important. You've got to get good godly relationships in you. And if even if you feel like like that's not for me, like it's okay. I was there one time too. Funny story, but true story is several years ago, before Pastor Nathan planted this church, my husband and I attended the same church as him. And we'd never been to a small group before, but we registered that semester. And it was at a, a, we were in a rough patch in our marriage at that time, a really rough patch, very rough patch in our marriage at that time. But we registered and we went. Matter of fact, Benita, wherever she is, was in that small group with us. (laughs) Benita was in that small group with us. And we signed up and immediately were like, what did we just get ourselves into? Like, we've got to go talk to people. we gotta. Do we really have to say, like, what we're going through right now? Because it was bad. It was bad. And we went two times, and then we quit. <laughs> and we quit. Because, one, we didn't have the Holy Spirit in our lives at that time. Helping us to yield and be transparent and do what we knew we really should have been doing, but we didn't have the will to do it. The Holy Spirit does. God does. And thank God... He continued our journey and brought us back around to where, when we started coming to Thrive, it was July when we began, and again, August came around, Thrive Tribes were launching, and we signed up and we committed. And you know what? The first time we went, like, we were dreading it. (laughs) We're like, oh man, here we go again. We can't quit this time. Like, this is for real. And you know, the first time we were like, okay, maybe this isn't that bad. And then the second time we got there, we're like, wow. What you start to see is that you're not alone. That nobody's perfect and people are going through the very same thing that you are. Or they've been through the very same thing that you've been through and they have guidance to speak over your life and into your life. So you have a decision to make in finding freedom. is you can choose to do it alone, or you can choose to do it the way God's system intended it to, to be and do it with others. Confess your sins to God, and then confess your sins to others so that they can pray for one another and be healed. That's how you find true freedom, friends. So life change, real freedom, real deliverance happens in relationships and through process. So if you're not signed up for a small group, go see Pastor Rick after service. He'll get you signed up. We are here for you. Those groups are created for you. Just ask the Holy Spirit what you should do. Should you sign up? Before we close today, I want to pray a scripture or a prayer over all of you. And it's about relationships. You know, we're better together, just as this series says. It's about relationships. And so pray it with me as I go along. And, uh, you know, if, if God speaks to you in it, then, then great. Um, so if you just get into a posture of prayer with me. I want to pray this over you. Heavenly Father, I cannot imagine how storms can be navigated, burdens bared, and hardship handled without the company of a few good friends. I praise you today for the gift of friendship, and I pray that you bless each person in here today with the gift of true godly friends and for the joy, encouragement, and refreshment you give us through our friends. When we walk through difficult and draining seasons, we're inclined to think, no one can possibly understand what I'm going through. Nobody can relate to my feelings and confusion. Everyone would handle this much, this mess much better than I am. God, those are the times when it's easy to withdraw into isolation, fall into the pit of condemnation, and reach out for some ill-chosen medication. That's when the gift of long-standing, all-weather, burden-bearing friends become especially precious. Father, I praise you for the gift of hearing friends that say these two words. Me too. I praise you for friends who know how to refresh the hearts of the saints, including this saint, I praise you and ask you for friends who remind us of the truth and power of the gospel, of the love of Jesus, and the bigger story you are always writing. I praise you for friends who share their lives and not just their gospel. I pray you for friends who offer tears and not just answers. I praise you for friends who give life-giving wisdom and not just mess-fixing formulas. I praise you for friends who share their lives and not just their gospel, for all weather friends that turn our hearts heavenward. They simply remind us that the fountain of all good friendship is found in the gospel. It's overwhelming, settling, and centering to hear Jesus say to us, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Indeed, Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. What wondrous love is this indeed. Greater love has no one than this to lay one's life down for one's friends. Hallelujah. What a Savior. And it's in Jesus' most glorious and gracious name I pray. Amen. So, guys, I want to thank you all for joining us today. Our worship team is going to worship here in just a moment, and I want to remind our altar team will be here after service. So, again, we are here for you. If you need prayer for anything, uh, come up. Don't hesitate. Just be bold. Yield to that Holy Spirit and just come on up. If you have anything, we would love to talk to you. We're literally here for you. So I hope you all have a great week. We'll see you in small groups this week. (laughs) Y'all have a great, great week. Thank you. Thank you.